This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, June 1st. This is episode 380. My name is Dan Ellis and I am joined by two awesome co-hosts, Mr. Ryan Duffy. That would be this one. And Mr. Taylor Grin. Ciao. Ben, is it Bene, Beno? I don't know what they say. Benny? Bene, Bene. Bene. Va bene, molto bene, benissimo. All of those things. Half good, all good, mm-hmm. not good? <laughs> uh, no, like, like, Bene is good, va bene is very good, molto bene is like great, benissimo is like excellent. Oh. Mmm, well, fun. Taylor's learning all kinds of new stuff in Italian. So tell us more about your, your, time in Italy thus far. What's new? Um, I have a fantastic coworker who I'm actually going to submit for like a, um, uh, like a corporate recognition kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been just a fantastic sponsor since I've gotten in country. Um, he's going out of town to, to hang out with some family and he just lent me his car for like two weeks. Oh, wow. oh nice. so, yeah, yeah. So that's going to help me a lot with moving into my new place, which should happen sometime next week. Um, I'll give a more specific date to you guys in the, the interim, uh, you know, the interstitial. But yeah, uh, I should sign my contract like Monday. And then from that point, it'll be short order to move in. Uh, it takes a while for utilities to get turned on in the location once the contract is signed. And that's normally the delimiting factor. But like, I can take a cold shower and microwave food for a few days, you know, <laughs> so I'm like electricity is always on, but gas can take a minute to turn on. Okay. So the place looks yeah, very, um, gradually learning the language, like a few new words every day kind of deal. Um, Duolingo kind of sucks for Italian. Like it's not really made to be conversational first. Um, and so it's a whole lot of like learning animals and like, dishes and foods and stuff and it's like no i need you to tell me like numbers and days of the week and shit stats so um when i have more time i i try and break out my grammar book and pick that shit up but it's going well um should be moving in soon probably not by the next episode we record but theoretically the one after that so very yeah. cool yeah you sent us pictures of the new place and it looks really nice man i'm mm-hmm. excited oh for you dude and it is like <laughs> I, I knew cost of living was, was inexpensive, but I mean, we're talking like it's very inexpensive to live in a really nice spot in a really nice place. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. That's yeah. awesome. I'm, I'm really excited for you. It looks like an, looks like an awesome pad, man. I did notice there's like it. I didn't, I didn't, well, I didn't spot anyway a shower. I saw a bathtub, but no like shower, shower. I didn't send you the picture of the bathroom that has a shower in it. Oh, okay. Um, guy, it's the one part of the apartment I don't really like because it's got an old, 
like in Italy, their 1970s weird thing was blue tile. Mm-hmm. And so like my downstairs bathroom is all this like blue tile. Um, and that's where the shower is. And I don't particularly like it, but I wasn't going to further delay my moving in by having them totally change what the Italians considered to be like a kind of quaint classic bathroom style. <laughs> That like my my realtor was like, oh, it's so pretty. It's like an old fashioned style, and I'm like, uh, okay, there's a cultural <laughs> thing here that I don't have an appreciation for that you do. So I'm gonna maintain the value of this property and not fuck with it. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I, yeah. The pictures you sent look look awesome. I was very envious. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's- yeah, I, I showed my coworkers, and even they were like, "Holy shit, that patio!" Because apparently, it is not common to have like your own space like that. So, oh, I yeah, that nice. yeah, that's like yeah. I got I got to build a pergola or something, Ryan. Um, <laughs> yes. it gets a lot of sun, especially in the evening. It's on like the southwest side. Why even um, is a pergola? <laughs> Why the pergolas exist? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll teach you how to make a crown joint. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Sounds like something you could yeah, learn from Cheech and Chong. Does that involve like rolling paper or? <laughs> Just a saw. Oh. A saw <laughs> and a chisel. You know. Oh. How have you been, Ryan? What's, what's up with you? Uh, I've just been playing with my wood still. I mean, doing, that's all I do. All I do is play with wood. I, mm-hmm. I can't drive anywhere. It's too fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. And me too, but mostly because I've been alone in the hotel room. So I get it. <laughs> Well, and getting wood is an <laughs> expensive hobby. Yeah. Well, I plan mm-hmm. on this uh, next week on my way home from work, stopping at the wood store in Salt Lake on the way home because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to spend 50 bucks to drive there and back from my house in Ogden. Mm-hmm. So right. make a round trip loop, but I'll see how bad the wood prices are. Last time I went there, uh, the hardwood prices weren't being hit bad. Like, they're still the same prices. It was all the... Uh, plywoods and all those which i don't re- usually use anyway so yeah but it's the uh, transportation costs mm-hmm. for me well i used the uh extended holiday weekend to catch up on a bunch of shit around the house and the show <laughs> i had <laughs> i had two episodes that i had to finalize editing on sorry everybody for the long delay um but we did not record last week so that was good. I didn't have a third episode to try to uh, edit and get out to everybody. I'm sorry. I'm just work is killing me. We're we've just wrapped up filing season, and now we're uh, going through a reorganization, and that's caused all kinds of problems with just communicating out to everybody, scheduling meetings, updating. Oh my God, oodles and gobs of documentation everywhere for everything because we're moving people around. So then it's reassigning and we're moving people in projects and shutting down sections. And it's, it's a lot. It was interesting before we started recording, there was, we made mention of nothing will change until something quote happens. And, and, there are a lot of government agencies that over the next few years, there will be a lot of things that happen that require a lot of examination and retooling and, and rethinking. And it's going to be bad, but 
that's the world yeah. the GOP has delivered to us all. Yep, we we got in trouble because of the uh, do more with less mentality of the army. Uh huh. And they said, "Hey, you guys have one of the smallest fire departments by you know Manning in the uh, the sector of the army, but you have the most overtime." It's like, yeah, because uh, <laughs> because we don't have enough. One guy calls people. off sick. <laughs> we have two overtimes. Uh huh. Because we don't have enough Manning. Uh huh. Yeah, there's not enough staff to cover the shit that needs to get done, so we have other people who are thankfully willing to put in overtime and take care of it, but that also mm-hmm. means that, yeah, we've got a fuck ton a of overtime. Load of overtime. Yeah, so either we just don't do that anymore and then shit breaks a lot quicker than everybody is anticipating, or shush, let us do the overtime and we'll keep the lights on a little bit longer. Yeah, their, their thing is they want us to cut our manning. Mm-hmm. So right now we have to have a minimum of 13 people on duty at a time. Mm-hmm. Pretty small. And that's what we've decided our risk factor is for the least amount of guys we need to do to do our most riskiest operation. Mm-hmm. So they want to cut that down. And we're like, well, if they cut that and something happens, we got to say, no, we can't do anything about that because we don't have enough fucking people here that's when they'll finally do something about it. Mm-hmm. Either allow us yeah. to keep having the overtime or hire more fucking people. Yeah. And it, shit won't happen until something Crazy. breaks. And then yep. the people in charge are held, at, are held to some bit of account and they have to figure some shit out because they're not doing it right now. So yeah, Congress needs to mm-hmm. just, you know, do its fucking job and things well, will be better, but that's not going to happen anytime soon where there was, I was going to say, you must have seen our show notes for today's episode to find out that <laughs> our government's going to be inept as fuck. Uh-huh. There was, there was one thing over the weekend that was kind of fun. Um, I did, I did take a few hours to go to my brother-in-law's baby shower. They're, they're expecting, I think, in July. I didn't get to stay for the whole thing. I went over for, you know, presents and baby shower games and all that kind of stuff <laughs> and to visit with people. Uh, Tracy's brother who lives in Germany came into town for mm. that. He was in town for business and, uh, you know, was able to coordinate that to come and spend some time at the shower. And, uh, but I had to leave early, came back and was working on editing the show. But part of the thing that I missed, unfortunately, that I thought was pretty funny. Um, one of Tracy's nieces was there at the party and, you know, I guess after I left <clears throat> and the party is winding down and people are just kind of milling around and chatting with each other. Uh, Tracy's niece just walked up to Tracy and said, Oh, Hey, you know, great party. You guys did a great job. And Tracy's kind of joking around with her. She's like, Oh, it's your turn next. And, and, uh, Tracy's niece says, Oh no, if I have any kind of party related to things like this, it's going to be a going away party. Like, I'm Hell not, yeah. I'm not anticipating having any kids. And if that happens, it'll be a going away party, not a, <laughs> not a celebrating the arrival. <laughs> nice. We're going to have, I successfully went to Mexico and had an abortion party. Yeah. Tracy's like, Oh, okay. Wow. I get it. Yeah. And apparently, uh, my niece or me and Tracy's niece has, uh, come, she and her father, Tracy's brother, who is pretty conservative, have, uh, been butting heads lately over the abortion issue and stuff. So uh, that was just kind of funny. She's, she's a cute kid. 
but we have a lot to talk about this week. We're going to be talking about, oh, you know, some government stuff and GOP fuckery and conservatives and CPAC and Hungary and Viktor Orban, all kinds of fun stuff. And we'll, we'll get to that after this little break. My name is Mandisa Thomas, and I am the founder and president of Black Nonbelievers Incorporated here in Atlanta, Georgia. You may find us at blacknonbelievers.org. You can also find me on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Mandisa Latifa. And you are listening to The Godless Revolution. So you're a cool priest, are you? A cool priest? Yeah. No, I'm a big reader with no friends. Are you a cool person? Oh, I'm a pretty normal person. A normal person? Yeah, a normal person. What makes you a normal person? Well, I don't believe in God. I love it when he does that. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, before we get into the main topic of this evening's or today's episode, uh, I just wanted to say I almost forgot that I almost got a hole in one yesterday and was so fucking close, man. Like I was going to mention that less than four inches away from the hole. That's probably the closest I've ever been. I know I've been really close before, like within a foot. But I think this was the absolute closest I've been to having a hole in one before. I've never had one. I would have been very happy to have gotten one yesterday, but it just was not in the cards, I guess. But anyway, we... Trump has had like a zillion. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, at least one around, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so what have you got for us, Ryan? Ryan put together most of the script for this this evening, so I'm, I'm excited to see yeah, you, so, where you're taking us. So, so I get to read. <laughs> Good thing I wrote it so I can fuck up still. <laughs> So, Victor Orban, uh, it's a name you might know if you've been paying attention lately. Sounds familiar, uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's a name you really should know. So, during the 2010 parliamentary elections in Hungary, Orban's party won 25.73% of the popular vote. You mean 52.73%? 52.73%. What did I say? You just said 25. 25. I read that backwards. <laughs> My dyslexia is kicking in. There you go. <laughs> but he also had a two-thirds majority of all the seats, mm. uh, which gave Orban enough authority to change the Constitution. As a result, Orban's government drafted and passed a new Constitution in 2011. Among others, it included support for traditional values, nationalism, reference to Christianity, and a controversial election reform, which lowered the number of seats in their Parliament of Hungary from 386 to 199. So almost halved it. Yeah. Wow. So basically, yeah. like what I read with that is fewer people to control. Or yeah. or that they've consolidated power. That the, oh, yeah. That the well, seats through, they've eliminated were seats that were not in agreement with their policy views. It's their, their way of right. carrying Yeah, basically cracking and stacking. Yeah. Yeah. And this new constitution entered into force on January 1st, 2012 and was later reformed further. Mm. So Orban has total control over the government of Hungary and is able to pass rule by decree. And why should you care about another Putin entering the scene? 
Um, well, you might have missed Tucker Carlson's series about a month ago uh, where he went to Hungary and he praised Orban, how great their country is. Uh, and you'll also hear people at Trump rallies spewing their admiration for Hungary and how they wish America would take a few plays from the Orban handbook. It also happens to be where CPAC was held last month. Oh, and what is CPAC? That's the, what is it? Congressional or conservative political action committee or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one with American Republicans. Uh huh. Well, it's it's the one that had the uh, the Nazi rune, the Odala rune, at it like a year or two ago, right? The the one that a former president of American atheists likes to go to. Yes, that exact one. We need to stop Mm -hmm. saying his fucking name because he keeps popping up in my Facebook as a suggested friend now. (laughs) Uh, well, you know what you can do to solve that is just block him. That's what I've done. Yeah, that's what I need to do. But our conservative party doesn't want democracy. They want to have the type of control that Viktor Orban has. And they want Trump to lead it. Because that would be a fantastic idea for some reason. It's a horrible fucking The devolvement of the American right into an autocratic movement in line with other autocratic movements in the world takes a big step this week. One of the loudest, most prominent voices on Fox News, Tucker Carlson, opened his show on Monday like this. If you care about Western civilization and democracy and families and the ferocious assault on all three of those things by the leaders of our global institutions, you should know what is happening here right now. I fucking hate Tucker Carlson so much. So fucking much, dude. The three also, things. That was like. Oh, go ahead. Oh, God. Sorry. I was just going to say the three things that he mentioned that are under attack are all things that. It, this is just so fucking much projection from him mm-hmm. that they're the ones who are dismantling these institutions and then turning around and going, look at all the damage you're causing to these things. Fuck you, Tucker. Well, also, there were God at least three white supremacist virtue signals in, in what we've heard so far. Oh, yeah. Like just so the Western. Yeah. Western civilization is a stand in for white people. Um, the way that he used family is a stand in for like basically the 14 words and like great replacement theory. And then uh, the way that he referred to like the global movement against it is like Jews. Yeah. Uh, you know, globalism. Yeah. Let's let's listen so, to those yeah. let's listen to those bits again. If you care about Western civilization and democracy and families and the ferocious assault on all three of those things by the leaders of our global institutions. Global institute uh, yeah. Yeah, this is just Yeah. Yeah. This is just dog whistle yeah. after dog whistle. Yeah, yeah. The, the presentation of those particular groupings of of values is basically a reference to like the 14 words yeah which is a a white supremacist thing i won't repeat here yeah okay institutions you should know what is happening here right now here is budapest hungary where carlson is broadcasting his show from all week and near where he'll speak at a right-wing conference this weekend. Carlson also met with the country's Prime Minister, Viktor Orban, a leader he has praised 
profusely in the past, Orban known for his autocratic practices. About Carlson's celebration of Orban, the Washington Post notes, quote, Carlson, of course, has said next to nothing about the autocratic character of Orban's rule, which critics on both sides of the Atlantic cast as a cautionary tale of how democracies backslide. To a certain extent, that should be expected. After all, Orbanism represents the fever dream of the American right. The Hungarian prime minister rules a government steadily captured through gerrymandering and a stacked judiciary. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. The overwhelming majority of media outlets are now loyal to him while he presides over a network of patronage and alleged graft that ties in many of the country's titans of industry. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I've taken note that Hungary is a member of NATO. And yes, and yes. the UN. And all oh, the EU. You EU, probably mean. EU, yeah, yeah, EU, yes. Yeah, and I don't I don't I don't know how I feel about that other than not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they have a vote. Well, they <laughs> they tend to hate Russia slightly more than democracy. Uh, well, though they have been I, I probably would the most conservative voice. Sorry, what? Hungary was the only block in the mm-hmm. EU vote against sanctioning yes. Russia's oil. They were the only country Correct. that said we yeah. want Russian oil. Yes. And I'm, they made them make uh, yeah. compromises. Yep. Um, also, if any of you listeners are inclined towards reading Dead Tree books, I strongly recommend the book How Democracies Die, which uses um, Hungary, Poland, and uh, Turkey as some prime examples in democratic backsliding. Um, it's it's a fantastic book. Well, I mean, I think we're going to get and into... I, I would struggle to pronounce the authors, so show notes. Yay. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> no, I was going to say, but that's a good point because the next part of this whole series is talking about how what, what Orban's book playbook is for destroying our democracy. Mm-hmm. So in more than a decade in power, Mr. Orban has not hesitated to use the levers of government power to erode democratic, democratic norms and cement one party rule. He has rewritten the constitution, remade the courts and used state run and privately owned television stations, even school books to advance his agenda or Pushman's misinformation about his rivals. And these are all things that Trump and the GOP has been pushing. Yep. All Book of them. Bans, what, what is taught to kids in school. Uh, they haven't been doing as good. I mean, they still have a lot of, uh, even though Victor Orban says, our entire uh, media in the United States is liberal owned. Mm. And he only names two outlets when he says that. But we have tons. We got Fox News, OAN, The Blaze, fucking all those fucking assholes just running about, their own network now. Just about everybody on AM radio? Yeah. <laughs> but he has always justified his brand of what he calls illiberal democracy by pointing out that like other European leaders, he has won by free and fair elections. Mm-hmm. I think Putin does the same thing every time. Uh-huh. But during the run-up to his most recent election, 
uh, he had unleashed a fresh round of election law changes that benefited his party. He put an inflammatory but ultimately symbolic LGBTQ uh, referendum up for a vote, a move that was likely to rally his most stringent supporters. And he legalized the registration of voters outside of their home districts. A common practice until now that was criminal. That is now, it's known as uh, voter tourism. So would that be, I imagine that that is that that is a thing where people from one area can vote in a different area. Is that? Yeah. Huh? So that would like strategically it's used to like basically break up areas that would otherwise vote against him. Yeah. So, so so it's their way of gerrymandering basically. Yeah. Instead of, instead of just drawing lines where you can only vote within that line for your representation, you just go to another place that you you just overwhelm the numbers there to swamp that Mm -hmm. and also take the seat of power in that area. Yeah. Okay. And, and American politicians have already been doing something like that on the right. Um, but specifically targeting college voters mm-hmm. where they have made it difficult, if not impossible for college students to register to vote in the, the county in which they attend school, mm-hmm. trying to require them to be registered to vote, you know, wherever their family lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But we have, we have all this playing out in a media echo chamber since uh-huh. Orban has cemented control of public television to the point where stories, photos, guests are all handpicked to align with his talking points. And many of the largest independent news outlets have been taken over by Orban supporters. And I don't have it in my notes here. I want to say it was right around 2015 when the last public uh, television station remained public before it was taken over. Oh, really? So they've, all been, is, they've all been privatized now? Or are yeah, they well, government Or controlled? taken over by Orban supporters. So there is zero news, media, anything in Hungary that Orban does not have control over. No independent news sources? Nope. All crushed. Wow. This situation is considered uh, extraordinary. So extraordinary that the Organization for Security and Corporations in Europe and Intergovernmental... It, an intergovernmental organization sent observers to monitor this last election. It is only the second time in the European Union's history that a group has started a full-scale monitoring operation of an EU member. Oh, wow. What were their findings? Was it was it that it was eh, borderline or okie dokie or well the EU hasn't really liked him. I didn't, I didn't read anywhere where they, they, they posted any of their findings on what they found during the election, but being that he's changed their constitution so much that it favors him. It's like, well, according to their constitution, he won, but yeah, it's one of those things where sure you're acting within the bounds of law, but you've stretched those boundaries out so far as to encompass whatever the fuck you want to happen. Pretty much. Huh? And this might seem familiar. Some of it might be hitting a little home. Mm-hmm. A man that has made his wealth through infrastructure, real estate, and lying. <laughs> Wait, I'm not talking about Trump here, am I? Oh, oh right. I, 
I can understand how you might be thinking that, but I'm talking about Viktor Orban, a man that has dismantled Hungary's democracy, and a man that Trump look up, looks up to and that the Republican Party admires. He's just such a great fascist. So, you want to know how Viktor Orban made his wealth? Similar to how Trump did. So, Trump had real estate and he kind of, you know... On real estate deals and laundering Russian money? He fudged the prices (laughs) on his stuff that he was getting. Viktor Orban realized that, wait, if I'm going to build a governmental asset, the EU will pitch money in for this. And if I tell the EU that this project is going to cost the the government of Hungary... $10 $10 million to build, but it only cost $1 million. I can pocket the other $9 million. So that's what he did. Hey. Delightful. And they know, which is why I don't understand why he's still in the fucking EU. Do you want to hear what Trump has to say about Viktor Orban? It's kind of disgusting. I'm guessing really, there's, there's a lot of uh, talking about how wonderful Viktor Orban is and how we well, need to do the same things here in the U.S. Even though here, this this audio here is coming from when Trump had Viktor Orban in the White House. And you might not realize it, but they're both sitting in chairs separate from each other. And Trump is not actually sucking his dick right now. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a great honor to have with us the Prime Minister of Hungary. And uh, Viktor Orban has uh, done a tremendous job in so many different ways. Highly respected, respected all over Europe. Uh, Probably, like me, a little bit controversial, but that's okay. That's okay. You've done a good job, and you've kept your country safe. Yeah. You've done a good job, and you've kept your country safe from democracy well victor orban did get his wall built oh he wanted a wall also he wanted a wall he got it it's a chain link fence wall that goes around the southern border of uh hungary a chain link fence wall he uh, victor orban even in his speech at cpex said just do it simple did mexico pay for it nope (laughs) in a way poland did yeah um, so this was during the the large refugee crisis that was resulting from the Syrian civil war. Yep, and um, they Hungary didn't want to accept any more refugees, and so they put up a chain link fence and started directly rerouting the refugees to other countries. And if you would have watched Tucker Carlson's interview with Viktor Orban, you would have gotten to see the lovely reason behind it. Uh, he basically goes to say that uh, although it's never really been tried, we haven't mixed Muslims and Christians together, but I know the outcome and it's going to be bad. Wow. So he basically did not want Muslims in his fucking country because only Christians are allowed in Hungary. Hmm. Oh, and he also kept saying that his person that was running against him that the U.S. was supporting was an anti-Semite. But he seems to hate every other religion that's not Christianity. Huh. Well, that's not a very good thing. We're going to take a little break, and uh, uh, we'll come back with more on the other side of it. This is Nick Fish, president of American Atheists. Uh, you can learn more about our work at www.atheists.org, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. You go in there, 
Oh, you're in there. And you make me tell you all my secrets so you can ultimately trap and control me. Yeah. <laughs> no, you tell me what's weighing on your heart and I listen without judgment and in complete confidence. Sounds dodgy. I just, listen, at the very least it will shut me up for a minute. I'm not a Catholic. Tonight, that doesn't matter. Well, I catch fire or something. If you did, it would confirm my faith, so let's try it. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! So I, I tried to watch CPAC Hungary or CPAC Budapest, <laughs> but the one issue I had mm-hmm. was I don't understand the Hungarian language and all the videos I found, even if it was a Western speaker, it was translated into Hungarian. Well, and I, I understand that it was in Hungary. And a big part of that is because the conservatives just love how fascist Victor Orban is. And they want to emulate and recreate a lot of the things that he's done there here in America. But why the fuck was it held in Hungary? Like why I don't I don't understand that part of it. Like why go and have all of your people in Hungary versus doing it here and bringing whatever you know bring Victor Orban here versus all of you go to him. I don't I don't understand well, that as anything other than like a uh, uh, a show of fealty and loyalty and devotion to, to an autocrat. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically that. It's the internationalism of the nationalist movement. Um, yeah. I need to reach out to her at some point, but there's this journalist I know, Brooke Binkowski, who talks about things like the Tanton Network and the World Congress of Families. Mm -hmm. And there is a considerable amount of internationalism to the nationalist movement. Um, And that, I mean, basically involves going to conferences and that works both ways. You know, Orban has come to America, but it's Mm -hmm. also important in their eyes for the American conservatives to go there. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't right. mean to derail you. That was just my oh, no, little aside. Like I, it's right. just, it's one of those things that I'm like, why the fuck are they going to Hungary? This is a conservative American thing. Why are they going to another country? Yeah. yeah. Cause they want to emulate this other conservative country. Awesome. But the only speech I could find that wasn't, uh, in Hungarian that was put up by someone else was Rick Santorum's. So I watched it. More than once, because I'm slow at typing. <laughs> and even then, I didn't type a whole lot on it. And I, these aren't in my notes here, Dan. So don't get confused. Okay. But Rick Santorum opens his whole speech about how him and his wife went on this cruise. And they saw all the lovely castles and everything else. And they got to Hungary. And they noticed how there was churches on every corner. Dude, come to Utah. Much, <laughs> well, yeah. But his his point was that the early Europeans obviously spent more money to prop up religion than they did to, to prop up their castles. So religion was always more important than the castle. I don't like Rick Santorum. Either do I. It's it's, which is why, why I sat through him spewing religious bullshit for fucking 30 minutes for you guys. (laughs) Thanks for taking one for the team, Ryan. Appreciate you. Jesus Christ. I wanted it. <laughs> but I would, I would be worth it if it. 
I'm sorry I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. But, but we're going to have to clown horn that. Um, our legal <laughs> services are provided by <laughs> law offices of Mr. <laughs> well, I, I, I came to a quick synopsis through listening to him speak for 30 minutes. Uh, and that was that Europe had built a Catholic state that was good. And that good Catholic state was brought to the West. And quote, but the left sees Western civilization as an evil that must be replaced by socialist and sec by a socialist and secular state. They are committed to destroying both the church and the family, and they are winning. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Mm. That was the first half of his speech but how family is being destroyed and he never says anything about like the LGBTQ movement or any of that, but we know exactly what the fuck he's talking about. Mm -hmm. But he also praised Hungary for putting God first in their country. Quote, the left is full of self-indulgence free of biblical values, the traditional values we need strong fathers and mothers to protect the children's souls. They are essential to rebuilding the church and a happy and healthy society. Whose church, you fucking dickhead Santorum? He is. He's talking specifically about the Catholic church. He doesn't give a fuck yes. about any others. This is Christian dominionism wrapped up in Catholicism. Yeah. And that's, and, but. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Most of his 30 minutes was all about how society needs Catholicism in order to be happy, in order to be put right back on the right path. And have all of your children molested. Yeah. Well, the Baptists are doing that too now. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, it's a huge problem basically in any organized religion, yeah. but the the we, catholics we have just kind of taken it to a whole other level you know opening schools killing and burying well, children off the books yeah that I mean, like this, they this have is, this, they've 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 reached olympic levels of success this, in this this is a little off topic here but talking about the whole baptist thing where they literally fucking kept a log of their fucking rapist priests if you're going to commit a crime yeah. don't keep notes yeah they kept a log of it and then didn't do anything with it other than to it. keep other than to keep it hey no, this guy they had, their, they, they had the, the priest separated into who's been caught and convicted and who hasn't uh-huh it's like you are fucking stupid let's not share this with any of the congregations in order that they may protect their children we're just going to know it by ourselves and keep an eye on them well taylor do you want to talk about yeah. your notes or the 12 yeah, sure. Um, I'll go over them fairly briefly because I know we're a little pressed for time, but I just wanted to, uh, to look at these 12 points that, that Orban felt was so important as to number and make sure it hit a press release in like one of Hungary's main, like PR slash propaganda web pages. Um, well, I'll also note, so he, Taylor, yeah. during his speech between each of these 12s, he starts it off by saying, mm -hmm. dear Americans, Okay, that was left out of the yeah, press Yeah, during his speech, so. he says, Dear Americans, and then he starts with the yeah. next one. Between each yep. 12, and, he and starts it off. In the press release, he says that these are concrete steps he recommends 
conservatives around the world can take if they want to succeed. Um, the first point is that we must play by our own rules. Uh, according to Orban, uh, one can only rise to victory if they do not accept the solutions and directions put forward by others. This is why we must be de- uh, must not be discouraged by being shouted at, by being labeled unfit, or by being treated as troublemakers abroad. In fact, it is suspicious if none of this happens. Please note that anyone who plays by the rules of his opponent will certainly lose, Orban said. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's... Okay, I, it would be interesting to line up these 12 points with, what is it, the, the 20... 14 things. points of ur-fascism by, uh, what's his name? By yeah. Timothy Snyder. I, I considered doing that about half an hour ago, and I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, I wish I'd had this idea two days ago. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Right, right there with me, Dan. Same wavelength. <laughs> um... Getting to the second point of the recipe, that's the wording of the PR uh, <laughs> translated from Hungarian to English. Orban said that we must implement national conservatism in domestic policy. Quote, the cause of the nation is not a matter of ideology or even of tradition. Um, churches and families must be supported because they are the building blocks of a nation. It also means staying on the side of the electorate, which is just a whole shit ton of double speak. Yeah. A ton of double speak. Yeah. How can, what? It's not a matter of ideology or of tradition, but then he immediately talks about ideology and tradition of churches and families being the building yeah, blocks yes. of a nation. Like, yep. what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Yep. Yeah. Um, let's see. The third point is keeping national interest at the center of foreign policy. Progressives have always believed that foreign policy was a battle of ideologies, a battle of good and bad, where the course of history is decided. But as far as I can see, my dear friends, there have been at least four of these great battles in 100 years. Something is wrong with the formula. Our response should be single and clear antithesis to the progressives. Hungary first, America first. We need interest-based foreign policy. This is not always easy because foreign policy is often... Compli- uh, is often a complicated world. Um, there's there's a lot packed into that, but the most important thing is that it speaks to the idea of spheres of politics. Uh, sorry, sorry, spheres of um, influence geopolitics, which is the same sort of thing espoused in the Eurasianism uh, uh, philosophy by Alexander Dugan, which is the driving force of like current Russian foreign policy mindset. So, and, yeah, I mean, um, to me, that just screams nationalism. Well, what yes, is 100 percent? Yeah. What is interest based? Um, the fourth policy? point he continued is right. that we must have the media because we can only show the insanity of the progressive left if we have the media to help us, e.g. we need propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, I am familiar with the old ethos of Western democracy. The party politics, and the press should be separate. That's how it should be. But my friends. The Democrats in America, for example, do not abide by these rules. Have you ever tried to count how how many media outlets serve the Democratic Party? CNN, New York Times, I could go on and on, um, but I would not get to the end even by the evening, which is just a, um, you know, bullshit. Reality seems to have a liberal bias. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and Victor yeah. Oldman also said that he would like to see Tucker Carlson's show play 24-7 in America. 
Yeah, well, yeah. And, and again, that just completely discounts the the oodles and gobs of conservative right wing talk shows and media outlets and magazines mm-hmm. and blogs and 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 I mean they're I would say they're much more active in media spaces than than strictly progressive or democratic uh, leaning things right mm-hmm. like sure you can say there are that that a lot of the media in the United States tends to lean a little bit toward the left but a lot of that stems specifically from them reporting facts not mm-hmm. not opinion and not ideology specifically yeah hmm. and i don't know if you want me to continue taylor no i'm just um i had to turn off my ac because it's making a knocking sound and oh. between that and my nausea today i'm just giving myself a break um Okay, fifth point. Expose your opponent's true intentions. According to the Prime Minister, the existence of conservative media is a necessary but not sufficient condition for victory. You also need to be a taboo breaker, adding that perhaps I don't need to explain this to our American friends because who would be a bigger taboo breaker than President Donald Trump himself? Mm-hmm. Was he a taboo breaker? I mean, he just did whatever the fuck he wanted. Well, that's right, but I mean that's the point, right? The yeah. the establishment of a of a strongman, right, mm-hmm. who is above the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six is the economy. It seems a little broad. Um, Orban said that only economic policies that benefit even those who did not vote for you should be pursued. People want to get ahead in life. If a right wing government cannot deliver that, then it is doomed to fail. Um, and that's, that's just gaslighting. Like the entire point of that is to gaslight and show that like nationalist governments make the, the trains run on time. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, he's um, not, he's not totally wrong there though. You, oh, good. Sorry. I was just gonna say, he's not totally wrong there. Like it's not just specifically a, if a right wing government cannot deliver, if any government cannot deliver mm-hmm. the things for its people, then that government is doomed to fail. And mm-hmm. Republicans, when they're not, changing institutions to cater to their own whims they're just destroying them outright delegitimizing them defunding them understaffing them doing everything they can to break those institutions until they bend to their will or Mm -hmm. you can blame it on liberals for making those institutions fail which is what they do yeah yeah Yeah. or you don't belong to the right in group and so he wasn't talking about you in the first place Mm mm-hmm um, our seventh point is you must not get dragged into an extreme. Um, according to him, while extremist views resurface time and time again on the right as well as on the left, if we look closely, we find that people don't really want anything to do with them. Quote, but my friends, what is the difference between the far right denial of science and the LGBTQ movement's denial of bi- biology? Mm. The answer is simple. There is no difference. We must give to God what belongs to God, to the emperor what belongs to the emperor, and to science what belongs to science. Well, science yeah. has stuff to say about all of those things, right? That's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And if I if I remember right, reading through his speech, this is also he was going into not don't fall into conspiracy theories and all that shit. I'm like, you know, you're talking to Republicans, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and and also Hungary has been one of the earliest and most strident like vocal proponents of all of the George Soros conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, going back to the early two thousands, they've been one of the first um, 
to, to, you know, spout that kind of bullshit. Uh, eight. The eighth point is that we must read every day. Uh, it was at this point that he lost the entire conservative audience. Um, <laughs> I know it sounds strange. I'm not a scientist, but the fact is that books are the best way to understand and communicate very complex things. The world is getting more and more complicated, so you have to take the time to understand it. For example, I set myself, I myself set aside a day every week just for reading. Um, no, so mind you, I, I know that like I made a joke and it's easy to make jokes about conservatives not reading. Um, I do it all the time, but, um, there is a massive mill of conservative books that make mm-hmm. radically unfounded claims, um, that are very easy to read and they use like cherry picked or just falsified sources. And if you're consuming that constant diet of what appears to be, you know, scientific literature, uh, literature um it's it's self brainwashing at that point um, which and there's somebody close in my life who basically does that but in hungary where he is controlling the books in the media in the outlets mm-hmm. and what's being educated of course those books are giving the narrative he wants mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah read in america Yep. Well, and imagine if you were agree just constantly with what you want. putting, uh, reading the the one book a year that Dinesh D'Souza and Ann Coulter yeah. and Bill O'Reilly put out. Yeah, yeah well, he said you just read a book every day. He didn't say read a different book. Yeah, well, and, and I I wanted to highlight the point that you said that you just made, Ryan, that I think might have been stumped on a little bit, but that conservatives, Sorry. sure, they're they're saying you know Victor Orban is encouraging com, uh, conservatives to read. But at the same time, those conservatives are working to ban everything that doesn't already fucking agree with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the ninth point is that you must have faith. Uh, adding this, someone does not believe in the final judgment. Uh, they think they can do whatever is within their power. This lack of faith is therefore dangerous. It <laughs> sounds uh, like Orban. It sounds like it's Orban a, isn't really a believer, but he understands that using religion can be very beneficial to those who are in power. Yep, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. used that power to make himself great wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, point number ten: Make friends. Our opponents, the progressive liberals and neo-Marxists, are endlessly united. They have each other's backs. Conservatives, on the other hand, are capable of squabbling with each other over the smallest issue. Uh, and we wonder how our opponents are able to surround us. Honestly, if you would just reverse the polarity of that entire paragraph, I would, I would agree. agree with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, conservatives get in line and. Democrats are constantly in fighting. Yeah. So. We are we are single issue voters. If you don't agree with that single issue, no, we're total issue. And if you don't agree with everything mm-hmm. I agree with, you we don't vote for him for some fucking reason. Yeah. Yep. Not me. Yep. I agree just, with ninety eight point seven percent of what this person says, so clearly I can't vote for them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to succeed in politics, never look at how you disagree with another person, but look for where you have common ground, which really speaks. It, it's I am t- so Taylor's sorry. Tired, really. <laughs> that, was, that was a long yawn. I'm impressed. I'm sorry, I'm not I even had mad no at you. Control over that whatsoever. Am, don't worry, I'm not mad. That was a long one. I could see your intestines with that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm exhausted. Uh, 
anyway, that's speaking to the way that like conservatives tend to like find ways to ameliorate their differences until they've won and then they start their infighting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this is getting along in the tooth. Uh, getting to the 11th point, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's vital to build communities. My friends, I have learned over the years that there is no conservative political success without well-functioning communities. The fewer the communities and the lonelier the people, the more voters turn to the liberals. Whereas the more communities there are, the more votes we get. It's as simple as that. Um, again, this is one of those kind of projection things. Um, there was a really good diatribe recently by uh, No Illusions over at The Scathing Atheist where he talked about a recent essay that came out um, based on an academic study that showed that simply debunking religion alone is not sufficient to get people to leave religion and that instead replacing the religious structures and communities with secular ones is a great way for like fulfilling the part of people's lives that religion has had a monopoly on. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And honestly, you could go over this entire list that Orban has given and find a way to untwist it from the conservative funhouse mirror version and see effective strategies for acquiring power because that's what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. And among those things is building communities. Yes, in fact, it's great to build communities. Um, he wants to build evil communities, but we should be doing a better job of building communities within our own movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's hard to take something away from somebody without giving them a replacement for that thing, yeah. particularly high demand religions like the LDS church here in yeah. Utah. I mean, if you, if you lose your faith here in Utah, you lose everything. You lose your community, your, your social support you structure, you. your family. And often, uh, oftentimes your job, a lot of the time, like if you are not a member of the faith, the, of the, of the dominant faith tradition here, you stand to lose a whole fucking lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, his 12th point, Orban said, uh, building political institutions is conducive to success. While politicians come and go, institutions stay with us for generations. Quote, it is they, the institutions that can intellectually renew politics. We need new ideas, new thoughts, new people again and again. And when they run out, we run out of ammunition. That really speaks to groups like the Heritage Foundation, um, you know, the NRA, like these, conservative organizations that have existed for a very long time um, and have outsized power. I mean, how many, how many of the Supreme court justices now were handpicked by the heritage foundation? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's also, I need to note that these 12 steps that Victor Orban laid out was while he was the keynote speaker at the event. So, this is how yeah. you can become even more fascist, America. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Yep. This is this is how you fuck everything up and disassemble democracy because that's what he's done for the last decade. Yeah, he's yeah. been he's and been when people like Jason Stanley start calling this stuff fascism, like we should be listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, fun. Well, well, thanks guys for putting that together. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, it, it popped on my radar and you had sent us something else there about two weeks ago there, Taylor. And I was like, we should really talk about the fact that CPAC was in fucking Hungary where there's an authoritarian dictator. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We have run out of time for this episode. Before we go, though, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because they help keep the show going. 
that would be two skeptical chaps. A noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. A perfectly cromulent statement. Alan Firth. All hail, Peanuts Buttra. Doug Willoughby. Hunter Grin. Is it just me or are these patrons up dogs? <laughs> they changed it. Yay. <laughs> John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Sinead Duffy. Steve Kuno. Stephen Andrus. Ted Sellen. Tiffany Hudson. Vanessa. Clank Trucking. Yay! A new Patreon supporter. Thank oh. you very much, Clank Trucking. I think that's I think that's uh, the people that I met at the American Atheists Convention ah. who live in northern Utah. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Uh, Corey Ebert. Don't be a Richard. Freethinker215. Good news, everyone. Dan fucked up the order. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I held out there to let it get unfucked. And it was just fucked. Sorry. Uh, Jeremy Goodson. Jonathan. Mackenzie Peterson. Marvin Dracon. Matthew Sanders. Megan Mitchell. Not a fucking gymnast. Yeah, but the next patron is an updog. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Zeus 9SO. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Sarah Segovia. Savita Kuna. Socialized Healthcare Saved My Life. Tim Jacobson. James. And Rick and Morty want you to please support the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Wubble, wubble, lub, dub. This is, in fact, a cry for help. I'm so tired. <laughs> you look like you're I crashing. am not speaking bird person. So, so what the audience does not know yet is that Taylor is laying in bed holding a microphone because his back hurts and he's tired. And I'm very sorry that your back is bothering you, man. But I very much appreciate awesome. you taking the time and being available to record with us tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry that I'm so fucked up this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's to hoping that you are not fucked next week or, or that you've unfucked or are less fucked or better fucked or that you got fucked. <laughs> Maybe the things are improving somehow. Yes. That would be awesome. Uh, but thank you. <laughs> thank you both for joining me for putting this together. Uh, if you, dear listener, would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godless revolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode. And then you get all kinds of fun things. Uh, not the least of which is an early release of the episode before anybody else has it. Uh, extended episodes, extended outtakes, song at the end, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, and I'm, very excited about the way things are going. Thank you guys very much. And unfortunately, as is the usual, I'm going to go back to work now. Mm, I'm going to go polish some wood. I'm going to sleep like the dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I love you guys. Uh, enjoy the rest of your night and we will talk to you next week. Sorry for being so just out of it. Like I'm, oh. I'm not quite at the like take a day off work level, but I'm right up to that line <laughs> where I'm just fucking tired. Shit, I'm so exhausted. <laughs>